I'm not sure where Christianity stands right now in in the Indian subcontinent, and 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 whether everybody is uh, uh, out to lunch with Jesus right now. But in the Western world, things have moved on, and um, there is considerable doubts regarding Jesus' existence and in, in any capacity at all. In the early days, I, I was accused of being a crank and, and I, I really was embarrassing myself by suggesting that Jesus never existed. But today, the number of books written in, in, in the UK, in the US, across the world on the subject of Jesus and the dubious nature of his existence is quite overwhelming. There is a, a movement, a sea change in the understanding of the reality regarding Jesus. Now, it's a challenge. It's, a, it's an enormous challenge to the, those practitioners of the faith who are promoting this uh, religion, as all religions are, as, as, as the truth, as the one true way. And yet, if we ask a simple question, what is the evidence that this man ever existed at all? We draw a blank. Now, that's the reality. Yes, of course, they quibble, they dispute, they denounce that idea. They will tell you there are hundreds of, of, of witnesses to Jesus. They will tell you there's overwhelming evidence of Jesus. But it is the case that if you are dispassionate, if you are not committed to the idea that there is a save there was a savior of the world born 2000 years ago and that by the simple device of a, of accepting as, him as your savior if you do not do that then you are damned well there is no support at all for for an historical jesus now that doesn't mean that christianity can't exist it could exist on the fact well, well we just happen to believe it yeah, you can believe it. You know, you might believe an old religion like Mithraism, if you like, or you might believe in, in, in Santa Claus or the spaghetti monster. You can believe what you like. And I really don't care. Why would I care? You know, the danger is that you actually believe this story of Christ. You actually believe he's somehow active in the world even now as a spirit and he tells you to do things and those things are actually against the public good in other words christianity is a danger it's a danger it not only corrupts the minds of children it actually leads adults into unhealthy dangerous activities and that would be hold true of, of, of all religions all religions where you have an enthusiasm based upon nothing but your own fanaticism then you know you you are a, a, a in danger of all kinds of mayhem so i am happy with people believing whatever they like let them believe whatever they like and that is not a problem but advocacy of a particular religion particularly an evangelical zeal behind that is intolerable it's intolerable to anybody who believes in rationality and in science and in and, and in evidence of reality live in your unreality all you like but reality is what is the basis of the modern world 
Religion actually doesn't give us anything substantial. Religion is, is, is a device from a, a, a primitive stage in history and it lingers on because of ignorance, because of, of, of the lack of education, because of, of charlatans who are deceiving their, their customer base. And they obviously do very well out of that. So they are linked in with power structures. They are linked in with wealth and they stole these, these dangerous ideas, these nonsensical ideas. And why do people buy them? Why do they do that? Well, because most of the time they have no option. Most of the time they are born into that world. They, they subscribe to the religion of their parents or their grandparents through generations. They are never given access to the information that makes them aware that this is a bogus and a fraud. So, OK, that is something of an introduction. You understand where I'm coming from. Right. And this is not based upon the fact I grew up hating religion or hating Jesus. I actually believe Jesus existed. You know, he didn't threaten me, but he seemed to be some sort of character, except that when I was interested in history and studied real history, I was always struck by the fact that, well, Jesus didn't really seem to be there. He was never around. When you read Roman history of the first century, you'd actually read about Jesus. He's not there in, in the reality of, of, of what was happening in the Roman world. He existed, as, existed in a separate ecclesiastical history. And then in that ecclesiastical history, you read of extraordinary events, events that could never have happened in reality. Miracle working, people rising from the dead. I mean, what nonsense to any rational person. How can you now, thousands of years, 2,000 years after that supposed event, believe such a thing? But that, of course, is the requirement of religion, of, of the Christian religion, that it requires you to believe these extraordinary ideas. And it succeeds, of course, because nobody likes the thought of dying. Everybody would like the fact to be saved in the sense that they won't die after a, a very predictable period of time. You know, so it, it, it's, it's, it's a soft sell in a sense. It tells people what they want to know. Tell me, tell me everything will be lovely in the next world. Oh, yes, says the priest. I, you know, we will come along and Jesus will cure you. Jesus will put everything right. So let's, let's move on from the generalities. Let's move on from these bold comments of mine. Let's, let's look at why I would be so audacious to say there's no evidence, right? Why would I say that? Well, because you, you, there is no evidence. You know, well, if, you, if you start off looking, as I did, for the reality of Jesus, because I was intended to write a different book. I was intended to write a book about the Dark Ages. Um, and I wanted to see where did the church, where did that, that, that austere, parasitic organization come from okay so you go back to the beginning go back well let's have a look what jesus said i went searching what did jesus really say in the beginning and what do you discover well there's no jesus where is you find jesus okay yes there's the gospels but apart from that what is there well not a lot not a lot for, and nothing from the time yes you go get people who themselves were Christians, 
You get people who are self the Christians a century or so later, they start to write the story. They start to write the story of how it all came about. And so then, apart from the, the real history, you get into a myth- mythological history of what supposedly happened in, in, in Palestine in, in the first century AD. But when you go looking for that, let's say, what would you go looking for? You might go looking for the, for the town of Nazareth. But was there a town of Nazareth in the first century AD? No, there wasn't. There may have been a farm there. There may have been a hamlet at most. But the Gospels speak the city of Nazareth. There was no such city. That city came along later. You know, probably in the second, third century, there was no city. So the, you, you don't find this birthplace of, of Jesus, uh, or rather the hometown, of course, because his birth was shifted somewhere else, but the hometown of Jesus. If you look at the places where Jesus supposedly did his wondrous deeds, they don't exist either in real history. The towns that were there, recorded by people like the Josephus, the, the Roman historian, the towns that were, they are not in the Gospels. Sepphoris, the biggest town, the biggest village, says Josephus, four miles apparently from from the town supposedly of Nazareth, Sepphoris never mentioned in the Gospels, only this mythological little town called Nazareth that doesn't exist. And so the story exists not in the real geography of of, of that particular time and place, but in a mythological story. Now, why would that be so? Why would someone put a story into into, uh, a mythological landscape? Well, let's go back and say, well, who started this story? Most scholars, most scholars will acknowledge, will will, uh, clear as day, the first of the gospel was Mark. Mark's gospel was the first. And that's interesting. And it makes a lot of sense, of course, because Mark is the shortest. And Mark's gospel is not full of a lot of extraordinary stuff that comes later. Well, who was Mark? Well, the, inter- the interesting fact is we don't even know who Mark was. Even the name Mark was only ascribed to the gospel in the second century. There was an anonymous document, an anonymous document that gave some sort of uh, salvic value to the those who were oppressed in Judea, those who had suffered during the Roman War, and, and here was a story of redemption. Here was a story that the Lord didn't, didn't forsake us. The Lord is now present in the world, so he said, and people who, who accepted this new Lord will be uh, redeemed because the, the kingdom will come. And this was something that could be, this was a story that could be shared uh, among the, the desperate and the needy uh, in a very difficult situation. For a moment, here was a story that could be read to these, these victims, Roman uh, destruction and uh, containment of, of Judea. So it was a story. It didn't necessarily suppose that there had been a, a, a real person. That's not very clear. For Mark, the Jesus character, quite possibly simply allegorical. He represented Israel. He represented the the, the hope of Israel. So then that story gains currency and later writers decide to update it, to make it a better story, a more comprehensive story. So 
perhaps 10, 15 years later, someone that we now know as Matthew, Matthew comes along and he, he edits this document. He redacts it. If you doubt that, just compare the documents. 95% Mark's gospel appears in Matthew. 95% of it. A lot of the words are identical. A lot of the paragraphs are identical. This is not a new work. This is a revised work. And you can tell how, how little regard Matthew had for, uh, for, for Mark's work. He didn't see it as a divine inspiration. He edited it as, as he saw fit. He didn't say, I can't touch that. Well, he edited it away. He added stuff that just doesn't appear in, in Mark's gospel, such as this, this wonderful, miraculous birth. Mark doesn't begin with a birth. He, Jesus is, is a grown man who goes to John the Baptist in Mark's gospel. But in Matthew, we have this little cow of, of a star and wise men from the east. And, and this is tacked on to Mark's gospel. And Matthew also, at the other end of Mark's story, he had adds in resurrection appearances. Mark's gospel it ends with the empty tomb, right? But Matthew starts adding on little miracles at the end of it, how, as, he, as Jesus came back from the dead and reappeared to different people. None of that is in the original Mark story, but it appears in Matthew's story. And, and this is how this, this wondrous tale developed. This wondrous tale developed in time and stories were added to it and why wouldn't it be why wouldn't it be because it was a if you like a good a good tale it was a good tale it gave hope it gave the the possibilities of, of, of a, eternal life if you or at least a life in the the coming kingdom but none of it is true none of it is true if you today try and find any of this this material, it just isn't backed up by evidence. There is no evidence. There is no evidence for it in hard fact. But of course, churchmen and evangelical apologists in particular, they are business of, of manufacturing the material that, that is required, you know, to, to, to keep the story current, it were. So even though science has advanced and the possibilities we can know the truth a lot than, than anybody else the evangelicals are, are still very active and, and still promoting the, this nonsense but if we go back to nearer the time if we go back a thousand years or 1500 years we ask what was the evidence then for Jesus well it was everywhere there was evidence for Jesus everywhere and one of the best evidences evidences was a bone right a bone. You could wave a bone from the pulpit and say, here we are. This is a bone of St. Thomas. This is a bone, bone of St. John. We, we could present people with any amount of fraudulent material because who was there to contradict them? Who was there to say, hang on a minute, where did you get that bone from? Did you just dug it up at some crypt somewhere? Has it come from the Roman, Roman catacombs? Well, yes, it actually did. You know, so many of these relics that filled the world were rifled from the pagan pagan tombs in, in, in the catacombs of Rome. But Rome, as an institution, was able to export this material out to its colonies. They even fought over these bones because here was tangible evidence for the for the ignorant, uninformed peasant to believe. So if you could wave a bone at somebody, you could guarantee their doubts are gone. Their doubts are gone, or at least they're suppressed. 
It's a present. I've had the, the, ple the pleasure of seeing the head of John the Baptist in Bulgaria. You know, in Bulgaria. He happened to be in Bulgaria. There they have bits, not of the skull, but they have bits of the skull, right? Bits of the skull are in Bulgaria. But there's also a, 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 a head of John the Baptist in, in, in Germany and a bit of John the Baptist's head in, in, in Italy and, and so on, you know, because this is the, the, what remains the residue of a, a tremendous fraud system that the church has perpetuated in Europe. Now, we've finally outgrown this. People don't present all this silly, fake stuff now, except in some remote places in perhaps villages in Greece where they have blood, blood Christ, you know, that they have frauds beyond measure. And I know in India, you have some of your fraudulent charlatans with their marketing tricks, you know. Yes, you can fool people, a lot of the people all of the time, and some of the people some of the time. This is the nature of religion. It's, it's, it's a tricky sale. It's based upon real human weaknesses that nobody likes the, 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 the fate that awaits us all, but it's just the nature of the universe. Things have a lifetime and then they they, they dissipate they, they they get recycled and, and and the universe moves on through its millennia you know it has nothing to do with gods gods come from a you know a primitive human race invented inventing nonsense to make itself feel better and and some people just jump at the role of, of being a charlatan okay so where should we go next where should we go next then now this is my magnum opus, quite a thick book on why I say Jesus never existed. Some people might be daunted by the size of that. And so there is a little book available, which gives you the elements of why Jesus never existed. OK, so if you could cope with that, um, then then I, it gives you some some of the ways in which you might pursue pursue the the trail as it were because if you think jesus exists if, and most people will say that most people will say oh i think there was a jesus but they've not studied it i used to say that when i had never studied it oh i think there was a Jesus, because it seems plausible now what's happened of course among rational people is they've demoted jesus to a man right this idea that he is some god incarnate in on the earth has has diminished and, and now he is just a man. But scholars debate what sort of man was he? You know, was he perhaps a rabbi, a rabbi, a wandering rabbi, you know, with gems of wisdom? Yeah. Or was he perhaps a teacher, you know, teacher expounding his own particular philosophy? Yeah. Or was he a miracle worker? Did he did use a bit of faith healing to cure people? Or another popular idea he was a rebel right he was a jewish nationalist as it were you know a, a Che Guevara under the boot of, of rome right and and so on and you can elaborate all kinds of alternative jesuses some people say jesus was inspired by julius caesar you can find parallels julius caesar was famous for his clemency he forgave a number of the his eventual assassins, he forgave their rebellion. The Jews were too much trouble. He decided to invent a religion and he hired people like Josephus to, to write some material which he sneaked back into the Jewish uh, uh, neighbourhoods so that they could believe a pacifist 
Messiah, not a militant Messiah, which Judaism always favoured. And so this tale of Jesus can be elaborated in, in a hundred different ways, and it has been elaborated in a hundred different ways. And, and, and many people think they have found their Jesus because they don't look at the whole picture and see how it's problematic. It's problematic that there was a Jesus because you can almost make anything out of a fictional character with a few little storylines about, you know, the whole gospel thing is, is if it comes on the back of really the dismantling of reverence for the Old Testament. For a long time, and people thought these stories about the Jewish patriarchs were true. There was a, a divinic kingdom. There was a Solomonic kingdom, you know, that the Jews were once a great empire and so on. And then they got dispersed across the world. But now... 90% of that material is, is, is accepted by scholars as, as rubbish. You know, it's fake, you know, it's fake material. It, it's, it, it never was true. It was never was true. You know, the supposed, supposed dispersion of, of the Jews after the, 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 the war of, of 70. There is no evidence for that. It's, it's, it, most Jews, as you, as you might imagine, when, when a, a state's religion changes, most people are sensible and change with it. You know, they keep their nose down. And that's what happened to the Jews, essentially. You know, they adapted. Under Rome, they were pagans. When, when Rome became Christian, they became Christians. And then when Islam arrived, they became Muslims. And so they evolved with the, with the religion. That's what most people did. Only a few, only a few tried to escape and preserve the, 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 the purity of their faith as they saw it. So. We, we, we have an evolving picture on a grand scale, on a grand scale. There is, um, you can understand how it is that I've spent 20 years reading and writing about this stuff, right? Because it encompasses most of humanity, most of humanity, most of human history. People have, have, have you know, not only suffered in great numbers, but people have gone to war because of their religions, terrible things because of their religions. And is there any hope? Well, people would sometimes, well, people would fight over other things if, if, if they didn't fight over religion, possibly. But religion is a tried and a proof of, a positive of a very dangerous idea let loose in the world. Let loose in the world. We don't see too many idyllic Christian communities, but we do see an awful lot of sectarian conflict. You know, that's the reality. That's the reality if you give people another reason for going at each other's throat. I would suggest if anybody's got a, a, a certain doubt regarding their Christianity, then they should pursue it. Because let me say that in the period of time that I've been publishing material on the web, I've had uh, any number of former Christians who have abandoned their faith or, as they would see it, regain their sanity. And that includes people who, pastors, people who are, I've been in the Jehovah's Witnesses all my life and now I've finally seen the light of day. You know, now I've finally seen the light of day. So I would suggest... I would suggest take the time. You don't need to take 20 years as I have done, but take the time to explore one or other of your doubts and try and find out what corresponds in reality 
to something you, that, is, that is true as opposed to fable. That, that's the whole point. Trust in science, I would say. Trust in science and um, we can eventually overcome this, this in, inhibition is inflicted on humanity that holds humanity back, taken centuries for us to climb away to start seeing rationally as opposed to religious journey. And, and for that, Christianity as, as a huge burden uh, of responsibility, I would say that. Ken, I will start with my, my question. Uh, I believe that in the Dead Sea Scrolls are many things which are common with, the, with what happens to be the Old, uh, New Testament or the Bible. So that is one area of contention where they believe that it is not real. It's been probably taken up from the pagan religions. Yes. Okay. It's a good point. And it, it's absolutely true, as you, as you put it. Yeah. All these stories, all these stories that are told about Jesus, they, they, they obviously come from somewhere. Now, the biblical authors, whoever they were, inspired. They, 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 they weren't inspired. They weren't particularly creative. They, they borrowed from material that was close to hand. That's the simple truth. So many things that the Jews held in their scripture were carried over into the Christian version of it. So, you know, just there's a thing like food multiplication. You know, the thing about food. Jesus turns, uh, you know, feeds the 5,000 with 12 loaves of bread and two fish or something like that. Now, the story of food multiplication is first told in the Old Testament, in, the, in if you like, the Dead Sea Scrolls, in, in their, their, their version of, of, of those stories, right? It's it, in, the, in the story of Elijah, Elijah and Elisha, right? They, they uh, multiplied food. They, they also did a little trick of raising, raising a child to life again, you know? One of, now, these stories well established for centuries before the Christians came along, was simply updated with, with Christ being the, the, the holy man in charge, right? Christ doing these stories. And in fact, this is so crucial to what they're doing because when you point this out to them, their defence is to say, ah, it was foretold in the Old Testament and it's been it's been fulfilled in the New Testament. That's that's an explanation for simply copying somebody else's good story, you know. And 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 as the story moves forward in time, so it gets more elaborate. It gets a little bit bigger. So it, 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 Jesus does more. It produces more food from fewer ingredients than Elijah did before him. You know, just to show that he's a better man than that. That, that's that's you're absolutely right. The 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 the, the story is in some sense prefigured in in an early scripture in, in in things like the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah, it is, um, but it doesn't prove he's right. <laughs> so there's more evidence. Um, I read read about this, which is an alternate history of Jesus as a human being and not as a son of God. And it was recorded by his brother James. Uh, you know, uh, like the, the, the contention, the argument was 
that this story recorded by James, the brother of Jesus, was the Palestinian Jewish version of Jesus, uh, of how he existed as a human being. And it was not the Roman thing. The Roman was given by Paul. Romans were the oppressors at that time. While in the Bible, yeah, yeah, the Jews yeah. are shown as the bad people and the Romans, uh, not so much. And two, um, the, the version of Bible that we read is St. Paul's version. Now, Paul had never met mm -hmm. Jesus in his life. He had visions of him after the resurrection. Yeah. So how, uh, yes. I mean, there is a contention that this is not a theology or a religious scripture. It is uh, simply a political propaganda by the Romans to keep them in line, to keep them in order. Yeah, I mean, there's several interesting points in what you say there. Um, uh, let, let's, let's deal with Josephus, uh, because just, there's no doubt about Josephus' existence and, and, and the fact that he, he wrote a... a, a several uh, interesting books. I think I've got one to hand to show you. Um, it's very, very substantial book. There is The Antiquities of the Jews, where Josephus writes the story of his, of his people. One more thing, that people who were contemporaries of Jesus, apparently they were lured to a cliff and they were all made to jump or they jumped and they were all wiped out. That Jewish history of Jesus has been completely erased. Is that a reference to, to Masada when you say that about the, the mass suicide? Yeah, there are doubts now. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a very it's a shrine that certainly the people of Israel honour. You know, it's, it's, it's a major event in, in their history, except there are, there are questions about whether it actually happened, at least any way that, that is recognisable. Yes, the last gasp of, of that particular war that the Jews waged against Rome ended in Masada in 73 when the Romans besieged and eventually took that fortress. Yeah, There's doubts about it because the, the, I think the only survivors, so, so uh, Josephus was a couple of women and a couple of children uh, who didn't commit the suicide. Um, but there was no, there's no doubt about the the brutality of, of the Romans in, in, in keeping the Jews in, in subject. Subjugate, subjection, yeah, there's no doubt about that. But the interesting thing is Josephus spans that time of the so-called apostolic age, right? He, 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 he wasn't a contemporary of Jesus. They don't claim that. He wasn't even born till 37 AD, long after this supposed crucifixion. So it, it was about 60 when he wrote The Antiquities of the Jews. So, you know, it's a long time later. He writes a thick book. And one paragraph there recounts Jesus, right? Now, that's interesting. That's interesting. For a long time, people discounted it. They said, oh, no, this, is, this has been interpolated by the Christians. And why do they say that? Well, the Jews never, never recorded uh, Josephus' works. The Jews didn't want to you know, preserve his works. Why? Because to them, he was a traitor, right? He was a traitor. He was a right. This guy helped us. The Josephus has a single paragraph known as the Testimonium Flavianum, right? It's, 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 it's a, a, a wonderful paragraph 
as far as the Christians are concerned, because it confirms everything about their story. Right. It confirms that he was a wonder worker. It confirms he, 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 he talked to the Greeks and as well as the Jews. It confirms that he did, did wondrous deeds. And, and, and then our, our people, meaning the Jewish priesthood, got rid of him. He died on, on the cross and, and his followers have not deserted him. And it, it's a glowing paragraph that almost encaptures the whole of the Gospels. And then Josephus gets back to what he's really writing. He's talking about an aqueduct that Pontius Pilate has, has decided to put into Jerusalem. So in the middle of a, a, a section where he's talking about what works did the Romans perform in, and do for the Jews when they were there, he's talking about an aqueduct being brought in from many miles away. But in the middle of it, almost like they've squeezed open these two paragraphs, they've put in this, this little golden paragraph about uh, Josephus validates Jesus. Well, he does nothing of the kind. The whole thing is fraudulent. And for centuries, people didn't, didn't particularly, well, at least two centuries since Eichmann, they didn't take it too seriously. But then somewhere around about uh, 1980, a smart Catholic came up with the idea, well, if you take out the most obvious interpolations, then the thing can look genuine. And that's what they now argue. It's a partial interpolation. You take the, 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 the obvious lies out of it and, it's, it and you can say, oh, but that's true now. You know, so, it, but it just illustrates the extent to which people will go, or at least the practitioners and, uh, and propagandists of, of the religion will go to keep their story valid, as it were. They'll do anything to say, yeah, ah, yes, but ah, yes, and, and so on. So, yes, yeah, th th there's, that, there's that paragraph. There's also another oblique reference to someone called James. Now, there are many Jameses in, in, the, gospel, in, in, the, in the Gospels and in the, in, in the Bible. You know, the idea that this particular one was Jesus's brother, well, it says so because there's a section in there, you know, the brother of Jesus it puts in, you know. But the truth of the matter is it was somebody else, in this particular instance, he became a priest, and then, again, massaged that particular passage to, to make it fit. And, and why I say this with certainty, because how is it we have this works of Josephus? Because the Christians copied it. They copied it and it gave them some backup for their claims. We have seen Islam and Christianity both at the same time existing at the same time and uh, i think you have i uh, you have mentioned it uh, it links with uh, Ju uh, judaism and uh, we have also seen the world is going in the war after the rise of christianity and islam and uh, similarly allah is also claimed that allah was never existed so my question is uh, what is uh, your views yes with with the 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 the, the obvious rivalry uh, 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 between Islam and um, uh, Christianity. Um, yes, the, wor the world suffers double trouble, double trouble. I mean, you see, really, where, where if, if the Christians took the Jewish stories and manufactured them into a, a, a so-called Jesus Christ story, you can see how Islam came along and took the Jesus Christ story and manufactured it into a, a, a useful thing for Islam. And so when people have said to me, well, why don't 
and they have. They say, why, why don't you attack Islam? You know, it, it, Christianity is a peaceful religion. Why don't you attack Islam? But the point is, if 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 Jesus never existed, as I sincerely believe, right? Then Islam is is based uh, on straw because it's, it's you know it talks about Jesus. You know, it's one of the, the second most important prophet, as far as I can understand. You know, it, it talks about his mother Mary. You know, if if all that is bogus, what does it say about the edifice of Islam built on top of it? You know, that's that's what the position I would take. That's the position I would take. Now. I hope I understood your question, but I must be a little bit uh, unclear of what, quite what you were asking. That how much of uh, the Christian religion is linked with Judaism? There can be no doubt that uh, Christianity took its best ideas from, from Judaism. Yes, it did. Um, after all, if, if we all know the, the nature of a Bible, the Christian Bible, yeah, so three quarters at least of it is the Old Testament. If if they, if they had to rely only on the New Testament, it would be a very thin pamphlet, wouldn't it? It's sort of a little booklet in comparison. They, in order to have their, uh, their, their establish their weight, their, their their credibility, they they've had to append the Jewish scriptures to their own to make up this this, this mighty volume. And interesting enough, there were. Well, there was a Christian called Marcion in the early days who actually got rid of any reference to the Jews. And he did just have a single gospel and a minimal number of letters from Paul. And, and, and that's what he was he went with. So uh, but all, all the rest, all the rest. Yes, there was a lot of borrowing from paganism, for sure. Um, that, 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 that's also true. And there's a lot of borrowing from from all kinds of sources. I mean, it's a point worth making that this is a world of intense syncretism. What, what, it, what I can say is historical is that what that illustrates, actually, is how an established religion reacts to its own heretics, right? It's only Judaism had enough troubles, as it were, with, with defectors to the pagans, you know, they don't, not, the, the Jews weren't a monolith people who all believed the same thing, right? The, there were many Jews who, who were quite happy to embrace the Roman way of life and the Roman gods and, and become Romanized. It was only those on, I feel like, the, the conservative elements opposed all of that and stoked to talk into purity. Okay, but then, right, when there own heretics arrive and there, there were many varieties of them of course but when the christians started to get some sort of traction then it caused the jew the jewish establishment to react accordingly now that's when they began to manufacture their own black propaganda about the christians they didn't turn around and say he didn't exist. How would they know? They didn't have records of any any comprehensive, of a, you know, a, a, any any reliability. But they could say, ah, yes, but he was what? He he he, he was the, the 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 bust son of a hairdresser that she had sneaked off one time with a Roman soldier, and that's how he, he you know he 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 came about. And and those various other charges about. 
boiling in excrement and the rest of it. Yeah, this was part of the war being waged by ex-Jews who were calling themselves Christians. You know, they were heretics. And you get that, that real hostile ability, the same way perhaps, uh, you know, how Islam treats its heretics. It's even more angry with them than it, than it is with, 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 with Christians, you know, because it's almost like, it's potentially a fatal weakness in the religion if people can you know, become uh, uh, break off and form their own idea. Yeah, I, I mean, there is a historical basis of that. I, I but uh, off my head, I, I I can't recall exactly how much of it was and how much burning going on. But I would say this: there would have been an awful lot of burning of you know. People, books in particular, or written texts that you just didn't like. You know, you, the the whole about uh, religious rivalry in those times was it was it was very little restraint, very little restraint, and uh, an awful lot of hostility. And uh, and uh, people were just easily enthused to be fanatical because they they were told, you know, not that you would just die. That would be bad enough, but they would go go to a place of a torment. So, so you you were you were faced with a, you know a brutal fate didn't correspond. So yeah, a very hostile time. I, I, absolutely, fate corresponds. You resolve some issues one way. Luke did so in a different direction, right? Luke, for example, doesn't doesn't have the star of, of Bethlehem. He he has angels singing to shepherds. That sort of change. You think, well, why did the other one put something different there? There's a sort of change between them, you know. And it goes all the way through to, as you say, on the cross. What does he say on the cross? Well, it depends which gospel you read. But I'd say what's happening here for Mark. Jesus is um, is a, a representative man who is a, adopted by God as a son, right? That's his symbolic role, adopted by God as a son. But for Ma Matthew and Luke, he becomes a demigod, right? So he has to have a divine birth. And that's the origin of those two different stories about the birth of Jesus. And when we eventually get to John's Gospel, here is Jesus rewritten as God himself, right? This is the demigod now becomes a god. And so you've got these different flavors of the religion, of, of, of the story, rather. And well, yes, there is no attempt, there is no reality to any of it. It is alternative stories, whichever, and, and Christians, of course, move between them all the time. Whichever one they like, they, they borrow a bit from that one from time to time. So, but as, as, as a document, of course, it's, it's woefully contradictory, as, as is all of it, as is all of it. And it's all nonsense. Did you capture that? <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> Thank you. Recently, uh, I have read on social media that uh, now there is a Jesus mantra, just like we Hindus have Gayatri mantra, and you know they are culturally appropriating Hinduism from long time. So uh, local trained priests are preaching satsang and moral code from Bible here. So in India, I think it doesn't really matter if Jesus existed or not. So is there any uh, counter strategy against this? Jesus of faith, 
the popes have certainly done that. The popes have certainly done that. And if you consider even the issues regarding moving from Aramaic to Greek of any supposed dialogue, the fact that the documents are themselves written in Greek, but then they have they got translated into Latin and, and, and Syriac and Coptic and so on. And so you've got a multiplicity of, 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 of biblical sources and so you you know as, as as has been pointed out before if you want to know the word of god well what word of god you know it could be anywhere which which version is correct and it, it's almost comes back to this where is your primary loyalty never mind what's true where is your primary loyalty and if your loyalty is to the pope and the pope says this is now the truth well that's what you adopt so yes it, the, the the bible has, has continuously evolved like that um in a way, you, you can imagine a, 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 a version of the Bible for the later part of the 21st century will certainly have female evangelists. It'll, ha it'll have gay marriages. It'll have all kinds of acceptable things, which Christians today say is that, but would have been hefty and, and, and a, a burning offence you know, a few hundred years ago. This is adaptation of a product for a, a you know for the current marketing situation that's all it is